we're speeding off into a brand new podcast. Film and pop culture fans, thanks for joining us. This is Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, strapped in to the seat next to me is Drew Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> we... We have a uh, we're we're aboard a speeding bullet train. Oh, that's I what I should have said. I should have gone all aboard. <laughs> I can't decide if it's a runaway train yet because it's just like we're been on we've been on this train for a while and we're avoiding all stops. Uh, that way we can talk about all things movie related because we've got two big movies to share with you. Uh, this podcast episode, we're talking about if you couldn't guess it, Bullet Train, Brad Pitt's brand new action film. The first movie he's back in the main star seat after his award-winning turn in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is the first Brad Pitt movie we've had for a little while. And then we're also going to be talking about Prey, the brand new Predator movie that came out on Hulu. So it's a mix of streaming and in theaters. I'm really curious. I'm not talking to you, Drew, about either of these movies, so I'm really interested to see where your interest lies and kind of what you think about both of these movies because i mean one's a straight up action movie another one is a straight up uh thrill thriller horror we could say like a survival film yeah uh so so i'm really curious let's go ahead and, and start by talking about bullet train so this is david leach's film uh in which he does with a huge cast uh, brad pitt joey king Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Howard, or Brian Tyree Henry. You said that wrong the last time, by the way, when we uh, we we had our last episode. You called him Brian Tyree Howard. What is that? What's that about? I have no idea. I, I have no idea why uh, Howard stuck stuck on my mind for him. But um, we've got a few others as well that uh, pop up in this movie. So I'm curious. Uh, this is based on a book. But this is like an original property. I'm curious, from the very get-go, what are your overall thoughts about this? Did you like Bullet Train? I mean, I I had fun with Bullet Train. One thing we need to say, too, is spoilers for both of these movies. Yeah, I I feel like especially talking about Bullet Train, there are going to be more things that will be spoiled or could be spoiled. So, um, yeah, definitely let's hit that spoiler uh, button for sure because I think a lot of this boils down to um, some of the reveals that we get with Bullet Train that I found to add to uh, the funness of this movie. But uh, yeah, I I thought this was a fun movie. Now it is currently I'm not going to say getting ripped by audiences. It's kind of semi lukewarm with audiences, but. Uh, critics are not really liking this movie. It's gotten a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes with a 53%. 53. Is yeah. it deserving of that? Well, that's what I was going to ask you because this, I think, falls in line with the Russo Brothers' Gray Man, which also is a movie that is very middling review-wise. I think that's... It was like 48% when we last checked. This is 53 mm-hmm. So going into it, my excitement level had dropped a little bit because I'm like, I don't want to rush out to see this if it's not good. <laughs> uh, it's about two hours and 10 minutes long. I think the point of the movie is we are along on this bullet train that basically doesn't stop. So yeah. it's just like fast moving movie. And while I found the bulk of it to be highly entertaining, um, the final like 15 minutes of this dragged on for an eternity. Mm. 
it got to a point too where, you know, Brad Pitt, the the train literally derails, and Brad Pitt is flying through the debris as it like crashes into this little town, and I'm like, this is a cartoon. This is turned into a cartoon. <laughs> we had some level of realism in it. It's like cartoon realism, and then now. Uh, I, I saw a headline that described it as like a live action anime, which maybe was the mm. point. It was it was like a cartoon. And yeah. that's when it started to lose me a little bit of it kept going on a little too long. And, and David Leach did Hobbs and Shaw, which is a movie that I had a lot of fun with. But there's a scene on in that movie where they're on an airplane and it's a, it's the Kevin Hart cameo. And it lasts for like five to ten minutes. Like it just does not stop. And that's the feeling I got with this was they... They're like, we got so much good stuff. We're having such a blast. Let's just like cram it in there and keep stuff in there that probably could have been cut. Yeah. I felt like the same about it. It was an enjoyable movie, enjoyable ride. And I will say that once things get going, it was actually, I think it it finds its footing. I'm not going to say midway through, but what? A quarter through, a third through, something like that, where... I'm like, okay, the the very beginnings is interesting. Um, I mean, I enjoy the setup, but I think once it turns into, I think that's a great way to describe this movie. It's like a live action anime. Um, I think that's what makes the movie fun. I've heard a lot of complaints about how it seems as, you know, it was just more of a CG. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say CG mess, but where it's just filmed on a sound stage and it's like, I didn't really have a problem with that. I, I didn't until the end when they're, they're you know, among the debris. And sure. it just has this really bad CG green screen look to it. Though it made me wonder, is that a pandemic thing? Yeah. Is that we couldn't get actors on the set at the same day and we're shooting this separately and combining it? Uh, so, yeah, that was a little distracting. I, I didn't necessarily feel that during the bulk of the movie. Like, I felt that was pretty... I, I, it looked decent, right? Yeah. I, I mean, overall, I think I think so. Um, I, I honestly chalked it up to it being uh, something of the pandemic, but also didn't really have that much of a problem because I know a lot of the characters were running back and forth between the train cars, and the way that they ended up shooting it, it seemed like it flowed pretty well um, for the most part, in the exception of, yeah, if they, if they just tightened it a little bit, uh, I think it would have been a much smoother ride overall. Uh, now, the performances... What do you think about Brad Pitt and the rest of the cast here? I mean, Brad Pitt's great. He's a lot of fun. I think uh, I keep mentioning the gray man because they just, for some reason, just remind me of one another because a lot of the reason that yeah. was, I think, fun and successful is because of performances with Chris Evans. In this case, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson is really, really good in this. A lot of fun. Him and uh, Brian Tyree Howard. <laughs> as you like to call them. <laughs> like their dynamic was really a lot of fun. I thought Joey King was a lot of fun. Um, Zazie Beats, total disappointment. I thought that character was underwhelming. She's in it for like two minutes. I like the idea of like the poison and the snakes yeah, and how they have a history together, but that character was just like trash. Did you? I couldn't help but after she gets like wiped out, I was like, I wonder what he thought about Zazie. Man, my heart broke a little bit because I was like, oh, we need we need some more. And it, it was around that time, like, when is she going to pop up? And yeah, there was a point where I go, I don't maybe I maybe she's not in this. Yeah. I, I kept waiting for a big reveal and like bigger than that. 
Uh, here's the thing. I didn't really have a problem with that because it was like a total misdirect, uh, especially based on the trailers. But I will say that she she was awesome for like the two minutes. And then after that, um, it was just like, oh, man, I wish we got so much more of that character because it seems like she would be so deadly. And I love the, the sad thing is I was expecting more of that where it's like assassin after assassin after assassin. It's like Ladybug, who is played by Brad Pitt, just can't catch a break. I love this idea that he comes close with death so many times. I think that definitely heightened the sense, made it weirdly enough m more exciting <laughs> to see. Um, but just the fact that like that gag they had going on when Zazie was uh, crawling away and he's like, you want a towel? You want some water? Like I was laughing. And it felt like they had just like, he just winged that on the spot. I was like, I'm just going to like say things. And then that goes, <laughs> they're just like, let's just put this in the movie. I didn't necessarily like, I don't know if it was intentional to be funny, like created to be funny, but like ending every sentence with her calling them a. I was like, okay, like this is who wrote this? Yeah. Like a seven year old. Yeah. That, that seemed a little odd. Um, but that was the only time that it really felt a little, um, uh, like stifled a little bit. I don't, I, I, and it was strange because like during that, it seemed like that part was written diff, like by someone who had not written the rest of the script. There were other parts like that. Nothing really stands out specifically, but um, like that part and then bad bunny showing up for like, once again, three minutes and then he's killed off. And it's like that character literally did nothing. Um, I didn't mind the horn up, played by Zazzy, but I, Bad Bunny's character, the wolf, was just like, eh, it was like, okay, I guess. I could see a lot of people hating that because they were expecting so much more from him. <laughs> well, I wonder, too, at the start, is we established pretty early, obviously, Brad Pitt, and then we're introduced to Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. God, now you got me doing it. <laughs> it's tough. But there's this weird stretch like early in the, in the movie where Aaron Taylor Johnson basically becomes the main character. Yeah. And I was like, where's... Like, Brad Pitt disappears for like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, we meet Joey King, and I'm like, okay, this is like the main four people that we're going to follow around. So I knew this rotation of assassins and I couldn't remember exactly how many there was going to be that they would be in and out probably relatively quick because we're not going to have them all, you know, fighting by the end of this movie. So I'm, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I have no connection to bad bunny whatsoever. Yeah, me too. And I, I, I like, I like though his introduction has a connection to Brad Pitt, what he's done in the past. Did you get a lot of Guy Ritchie vibes with this? I got a mix of Guy Ritchie and a touch of a small touch of Tarantino with like the dialogue, but it was more, more along the lines of Guy Ritchie. Yeah. It's Guy Ritchie. And then like the mentioning of past jobs and we cut back, does Guy do that? Or is that like a, I couldn't help but think that was almost like Wes Anderson esque or obviously something you would see in family guy or the Simpsons where it's like, Hey, let's say something and then just, do a flashback. Some, I, the other thing that this reminded me a lot of was Snatch, which is a Guy Ritchie film, and also Brad Pitt. Like the vibe of it was Guy Ritchie, but the flashbacks for some reason felt different, uh, like someone else has done that. And that was almost done, the flashbacks were done maybe too much. Like there was a point where I'm like, I want to progress yeah. this story forward. Let's quit going backward in time. 
But I do like the the universe building. I like, and that's kind of like the David Leach, like Jack Jack Wick, John Wick uh, thing where within a simple story, you're creating this universe that just builds and builds and builds. And we could, I could see more of these being made. Maybe not on a train, but where, where, where Ladybug comes back for another mission or something. And that would you like to see that? Like another mission featuring Ladybug and maybe more Sandy B? Yeah, I was going to say, did you care about Sandra Bullock? And this, this is clearly Sony contractually doing things with Channing, Sandra, uh, <laughs> and then Brad Pitt because they're all intertwined. I don't know if they shot these simultane- simultaneously or maybe back-to-back with The Lost City. Um, but the Channing, I didn't know about cameos until Channing pops up. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Sandy's in this. We have Brad. I was like, he's probably not going to be the only one. And I knew White Death was going to be someone because we hadn't seen his face. And for the bulk of the movie, did you know mm. it was Michael Shannon? Or was that a surprise? Not, I did not. And then even whenever he shows up in the glasses, I didn't realize that was him until he took the glasses off. And then at one point, I'm like, is that that? That's Michael Shannon? That is Michael it's, Shannon. Yeah. It's General Zod right there. <laughs> I, I was convinced for the bulk of this movie that it was going to be Ethan Hawke for some reason. I was like, mm. I guarantee it. And it wasn't. And Shannon's fine in it. Um, but by that point, I was getting tired and I wanted the movie to end. <laughs> you know? And then, and then uh, we got Karen Fukuhara from The Boys in this, in like the dumbest role imaginable yeah. the, as the train concession girl. I kept waiting for her to to do something, you know, like be involved somehow, but she really, that's all she was, was the concession girl. It was so strange. I was expecting her to be the white death and. Oh yeah, that could have been it. I actually, you know, I thought she was maybe uh, the Hornet. Oh yeah. I was waiting for that too, because with Zazie taking that costume that, um, that she had as well, I'm like, Maybe maybe it's a Mission Impossible type thing. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, I think you could tell that they had so much fun making this. Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Uh, but based on that score, I think the audience score is more along the lines of where I would grade it, like around that C plus, maybe B minus, like that 75%. That's along the lines of what I would give this movie. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I don't regret seeing it in theaters. Um. One the other cameo, Ryan Reynolds, which is about a five second really bad green screen shot. But I could see them doing more <laughs> movies maybe down the line with uh those two somehow pairing up him and Brad Pitt, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, I had a lot of I mean I had fun with it. I, I just think it I think you trim the fat a little bit. It it is also sure. very yeah familiar like if you've i feel like if you've seen one of david leach's films you know the fighting style you know there's Mm going to be a lot of like stylistically it doesn't really change much from his previous movies um so i i i I don't know i i I respect that they found a way to basically keep it contained on this train i also have to ask and i could have done research but i prefer to be ignorant our bullet train, and this is going to sound like I'm joking maybe, but our bullet train's real? Yeah. I don't understand how you watch movies and, and they're set in Tokyo, for example, like this movie. Mm-hmm. Why does Tokyo look so more techno- technical, technical, <laughs> uh, advanced technically than 
we do here in the U.S. I don't understand that. What's go? They it looks like they're living in 2044. Yeah, I mean the thing is, it's there's so much, and that's why I would love to visit. Um, because I I haven't, but I would love to visit that part of the world. And it's just th- there are aspects that I think it is just so cool to see. Um, but why? It, why do they? Why do they look like that? And every. Because isn't aren't we supposed to be doing it from like coast to coast here? Like that's the idea. Maybe it, is it like a cost thing? Is it a where do we put the track? Is it a safety? Like well, I don't understand. I should look into this, but that was going through my head of <laughs> why does Tokyo so much more advanced than us? I mean, traveling on a bullet train would be a ton of fun, but it is a real thing. It's just we're missing out big time. I feel like we are. Everything looks so cool there. One thing, hey. And this is what I'm talking about, maybe style over substance here. And this is something I actually thought was a lot of fun. It's when they follow the water bottle. Yeah, that was fun. From like its history. Because in the beginning of the movie, you see just some random dude like hitting against the thing, trying to knock it loose. And then it eventually shows up later. And I thought that was like a fun. I don't even know who that reminds me of. It's almost like Wes Anderson to me. Like it's yeah. like this cartoony comedy within you know this yeah. action film but i thought that was yeah, cool. i thought they did a really good job with that aspect and and keeping it fresh throughout the movie i mean a little too too many uh flashbacks but uh, that one i enjoyed thoroughly so your cast this is a huge cast but who's your mvp who's oh, your, it's got to be brian uh, okay i was gonna say who is it but it's, it's not it can't be brad pitt yeah it's it's got to be brian tyree henry because he's just so amazing uh, the, the entire time, I just keep thinking, like, he keeps proving himself. And it's like he doesn't have to, but he does. And every single role, uh, I still think that he was one of the, the uh, shining stars for the Eternals. Um, in Atlanta, he continues to soar. It just, no matter what he's in, he is just a delight to watch. So 100% Brian. He's, he's really good. I, I'm saying Aaron Taylor Johnson. So we're brothers. He, yeah. Lemon yeah, Tangerine. Uh, twins. It's like, uh, it's the twins. Now, Joey King may be like sneaky up there too because I thought she was a lot of fun. Yeah, they're honestly, you know, all these characters or actors, uh, you could tell that they were just having a ball um, with this e- movie. But Even Logan Lerman, who was dead basically the entire movie, <laughs> had just like the time of his, it was like the, he was like, that was the most challenging acting I've ever had. <laughs> was playing dead. So it made, uh, what, $30 million here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. this weekend, which is pretty good. They're, they're saying that's a, a success because it's original IP. It's not something comic book related to. And I've, I'll be interested because there's really, outside of Bodies, 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 which goes wider next week or this upcoming week, um, I assume this will probably stay number one. Mm-hmm. It could have decent legs, I think. Yeah, I would I would hope so. Uh, just because you know, with it being so different, um, this this kind of movie, I, I like to see um, movies like this end up doing well. And so I'm I'm hoping that it gets back um, its money at least. But I'm I'm looking ahead. August is a little dry, but hopefully that's not a bad sign for this movie because. You know, if another movie sneaks in and starts taking the box office away from this, uh, but I think this will, should end up doing yeah, well. There's not a lot now. I will. You before we talk about Prey, I was going to ask you, um, 
was there a lot of people in your theater? Because we went on a Sunday, the first showing on Sunday. We've been going Sundays at like at one o'clock because it's usually not super busy. And there wasn't a lot of people mm-hmm. there um, for this one. But they seemed to enjoy it. I heard a lot of laughter. Was it busy when you went? Did you have a good crowd or what? Mm, it was, I think, um, oh, no. So here's the thing. I, I thought there were two others that were going to be in the theater. And there was one, and this was right before just a downpour happened. It's a, a pop-up shower. I got drenched. And then I think that actually like staved people off from, from going inside because it happened for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. Um, and there were like a couple of show times around the time that I went. So it was like 30 minutes before and after. So I think people either went to that one or later because of that. But there was one other person and I'm not going to lie, he was kind of freaking me out because he was like popping up every once in a while and he was going like walking in and out of the theater and um, he just, you know, whenever you like go somewhere and you just get like a, a weird vibe, uh, he was quiet the entire time. Uh, he didn't say anything. And I'm like, May-, but then again, maybe I come off that way too. I'm sure I do. But it's just like, I don't know. It was just... And maybe maybe set the tone um, because of the the storm that popped up. Uh, I don't know. It's like it was such an, an interesting. I almost kind of blanked that out, but I uh, that was it. It was me and one other person. But it was just like I wasn't on edge. It was just like I was keep keeping my eye on this person because he was acting a little. I don't know, suspicious. I guess yeah, he did a little bullet theater. You could have died. It was an assassin trying to kill yeah. you. <laughs> Me and that was it. I was expecting that to be Bad Bunny the entire time. Uh, we've been, my wife and I have been bringing snacks in and drinks in a large purse, and only buying popcorn. And I Ooh. got a, a large popcorn at Regal, and I have to <laughs> give it up to the worker there. He crafted the most perfect tub of popcorn that I've. I swear to you, I'm not even trying to be funny that I've ever gotten at the theater. It was like picturesque in the way the mound of popcorn kind of peaked at the top. He perfectly buttered the top of it and then perfectly buttered the middle section before, you know, topping it off. Um, I was blown away by it. And every kernel tasted amazing. Sometimes you get to the bottom and it's like kind of burnt. Shout out to that dude. Had no idea what his name was. But I almost almost took a photo (laughs) of it because I was like, this guy... He took his job seriously, and I appreciated that. That may, and that makes it even better whenever you go into a movie, especially like this, because this is a popcorn movie. Oh yeah, I picked out. And what's amazing is I, I like I said, I brought a drink in. It was a Monster Energy drink. I finished that probably an hour into the movie, and then we continually have scenes where they're like drinking water, or he's got the nice sparkling water, and I was like parched <laughs> the entire like back half of this movie. I don't think a movie has ever made me thirstier in my entire life. <laughs> I wanted a Fiji. All right, so before I saw Bullet Train this weekend, I, on Friday night I watched Prey on Hulu, and this is a movie that is getting uh, a lot of critical acclaim. Yeah. It's at 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 189 reviews. This was one where I I I didn't think the previews were that good. And I was interested. This was on uh your most anticipated good lord, most anticipated list. 
mm-hmm. the month of August. It was not on mine. I wondered, do you regret that? No, I would. I don't think so. I will say that the score surprises me. With yeah, it, I don't understand the ninety-two percent. Yeah, that's that seems extremely high. Um, I I really enjoyed this movie for the most part, in the exception of whenever I watched this, it was later at night, um, and I'm just tired. And so oh. I've heard I heard a few people who were like, "This didn't feel like you know it was." Um, it, w- it was just long. And it wasn't that the movie wasn't keeping me interested. It was just a fact that I'm like, man, I want to watch this movie all the way through. I don't want to stop it. And I checked the time like two or three times just because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to fall asleep. Like I, I want to, I just, I do not want to stop this movie. Um, however, I, mean, I, at least it's like, it's like an hour and 40 minutes, thankfully. Yeah. And that's it. Like it's, it's a brisk movie uh, because of that runtime itself. Uh, and it doesn't really wear out its welcome, but I will say that I enjoyed. I do. I do think, and I agree that this is probably the most enjoyable predator predator sequel that we've received, or prequel rather. Um, however, I'm going to go back and rewatch Predator Two because I can't 100 yeah. percent say if this is better than that because it's been years oh, since it's I've seen for it. sure better than that. It's for sure better than that. It's a and, better and, made movie. And and this movie, it looks so good. I love this idea of it's a stripped down Predator movie and we get to see the Predator literally observing uh, Earth and like coming and, and seeing, like taking notes on, uh, you know, what... what uh, Literally had a notepad. And yeah. And he was just pulling it out right <laughs> He's He was like an observer from... Uh, from fringe but uh yeah so this the point of the predator they literally just go from place to place and just hunt mm-hmm. right yeah i again i i, I might rewatch the predator tonight i did not hate that movie i liked predators with Ad, uh, adrian brody not adam brody um and that was good that was fun i don't know if i would put this above predators i, I as oh. much as i i thought it was well made I like the strip back approach, like you mentioned. I think that's smart. Um, not that it can't work, but I think stripping away a lot of the moving parts of the, what you know what Shane Black did in 2018. I think that helps, like coming back to basics, because basically this is like a coming of age survival story involving a predator. Yeah, and I like the simplicity of it because it raises the emotional stakes of her her journey of trying to whatever it was she was trying to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> trying trying to prove herself prove her worth a, in in an area yeah. where they you know look down on her and and stuff like that so i i, I like that i think the final battle was entertaining but like it, it was my concern going into it 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 all ended up feeling super familiar we've seen this before and it made me wonder again I maybe I don't know if there's enough to the predator franchise to actually make these movies feel new and fresh because even in the end credits we get the tease of more ships coming down. And I like that idea. Mm. But how are you going to differentiate that from this besides adding predators and doing like an all out war or something? Like, I don't understand how you change the formula and make it good. Yeah. And that's a problem. I worry that this franchise just keeps like reaching the end of its life. You know, because I just outside of I I love this stripped down version looking at, okay how 
can we go back in time, but someone ends up outwitting, outsmarting, and out surviving a predator and killing it. I think, every, and especially the mud pit, that was a really cool misdirect that I love. But at the same time, there are elements of, like, this is, this, I, I really enjoyed the movie. However, uh, I also enjoyed Predators. But um, the thing is with what comes next, we don't know enough about the Predators themselves. And, I mean, outside of Predator 2 and basically getting some of those, um, some of that insight, which the gun that is handed to Danny Glover at the end of Predator 2, you know, is... The gun is fantastic. Yeah. I, I think that's m one of the smartest things this does is that they... they There are obviously Easter eggs to the first film, but it's the second one that we actually are answering the pistol's, yeah. like, history in the first time. I think that's actually... That actually makes Predator 2... Because I had just recently watched that, and now I'm glad I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't have understood that. Mm -hmm. But I think that kind of validates Predator 2 a little bit more. And that's... Uh, yeah, and that, that's kind of how I feel, because I'm, like, thinking back, it makes me appreciate that more. And this definitely retcons the whole Alien versus Predators, because didn't in that they were, like came down and they were here for the Mayans or something like that. It's weird because in Predator 2, there's like a trophy case of skulls and you do see one of the alien heads. So I didn't even know, dating back to 1990 when that came out, that that was already planting seeds. That might have just been something fun for people to spot. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I didn't expect the fur trap, you know, the French fur traders in this. Uh, so that was kind of a fun twist. I was like, oh, we're introducing all these characters sure. that I didn't expect, or these these um, antagonists. And then I do like the gun thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought all the performances were really good. She's really cool. Um, it's just, it felt like I'd seen it before, and that's frustrating. And I don't know if you can do much else. Well, I was going to say, I do love the fact that Dan Trackenberg, he, Trackenberg, he uh, did an interview before I saw this, and he was talking about how he wanted to do a movie that had given... Uh, uh, like it gave a movie to um, Native Americans, specifically with the Cherokee Nation, of how it would end up portraying them as you know this awesome, giving them an act, an awesome action movie. And I thought that was cool because like with that having this kind of movie, this is it. It definitely made it feel like you could put this next to the OG Predator, and there were some great fights and even though we didn't get a lot, I still think it was like executed well and it was shot amazingly well too. Yeah, a really, really good looking movie. I love the title, the Prey title at the very beginning. We kind of pan up and we see the ship. Yeah, that was solid. So I would like to say too, one of my favorite things about this movie uh, is the dog. Oh yeah. I had, a, I had a great time watching that dog. I think, I think uh, Dan said, the director said, that dealing with that dog was like pure hell. <laughs> oh. But I had a great time. Like he was um, like a, a little partner in crime for a good portion of the movie. And they entered it like the fifth shot of the movie is the dog. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if they kill this dog, I'm going to snap. <laughs> and there's a moment where you kind of think it's happened, but it's it's caught in a trap and everything's fine. And the dog, the dog survives. Gorgeous dog. I love that whole thing. I, I want to ask though, did you watch it in the Comanche dub? As soon as the movie ended, I was very, 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 very tempted to do that. I have not yet, but honestly, I think I might. And I might I might do that pretty soon um, because, weirdly enough, I'm more intrigued to watch it 
like that than with in English, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, maybe you regret doing that just because it's a unique opportunity. But it was Friday night. Like you, I was a little tired. And I was like, I, I, I'm just going to be completely lazy right now. Oh. And I'm just going to watch this normal. Uh, I just got questions kind of on the Predator, just like as a character. Do you like he's frequently or it is frequently invisible? Mm. Do you like that? Because there's so many times in this where I was like, I just want to see it. I want to see it in an action. And we're getting this weird. I don't even know what you call that. It's like reflective. Right. Camouflaging, which is a it's a unique ability. But as a viewer, I want to see the I like to look at the Predator. I want to see it. I thought it was a very interesting choice to do that because maybe it's the fact of as someone who you're not seeing like entertainment like what we're seeing now and to be literally living uh on the land in that way if you were to see something like that it would just freak you out i mean even now it would freak me out if i were to go home and i see something like that in my i'd probably die of a heart attack to be honest because like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to seriously think of You'd like, be like you're real <laughs> and then i would just pass out because that's how just bizarre something like that would be in person but if you take this back even more in the time period that it's set i kind of think it was more of a horror element of what would you do if you were to see that like seeing it without that you think oh my gosh is this just like a like a, a what is it? Is it a some kind of an animal that's standing upright? Like what they were expecting is a bear on its hind legs, you know? So you start to think in terms of what would make it seem more foreign to someone who is literally hunting to live, and now this is like turning it into more of a sci-fi element. Uh, so I was okay with it, and the more I thought about that, um, I, I became more okay with it because. In the moment, just like you, I'm like, I want to see it. I want to just see the design and everything that they've put behind this version because it appears to be a younger generation. It looks different than the other Predator design, you know? Well, what's interesting in Predator 2, there's a lot of them, and they all have a unique look, Mm. which is cool. It's like they've all adopted something different. Yeah, no, I like that idea, though, that it is... Uh, like, I want to see it, but if we're back in time, uh, I guess if you saw that today, you could kind of maybe in your mind piece together what you're seeing and understand yeah. it more. But back then, yeah, that is freaky. Uh, I always kind of feel bad for the Predators, too, because they see in that oh, like the, heat or yeah. infrared thermal vision. Like, that's a terrible thing to have to live your life looking at <laughs> nonstop. It sucks. <laughs> it's kind of so bland, too. It's... it's uh, I mean, props to them for being so such great hunters. I also thought, too, and I couldn't. This is where my mind goes watching movies, watching this movie at least. That one point she, like, measures the predator footprint, and it's, like, massive. And it, I was mm-hmm. just like, how big is this creature's dong? <laughs> right? Like, it's got, like, a 13-inch footprint. It's huge. What, what, what kind of dong is this guy packing? I w- did that cross your mind, or was that just uh, me? I, I, whenever she was measuring the size of the foot, I'm like, my goodness, how big I is that? Yeah, I didn't know it was yeah, that big. Yeah, because 
And they're all like cut. They all they all look so cut like they just work <laughs> yeah. out all day. I I will say I I did not think of the Toby Jones effect for this. Mm. Uh, and if you've listened yeah. to us long enough, you know exactly what we're talking about. But yeah, a hang hang and hog meat right there. <laughs> Speaking so of David for- Leach with uh, <laughs> uh, Atomic Blonde, just hanging meat. If we still have that, um, is that available for listening? That might be one of ours that is just like I don't know. One of those it's, episodes. It's part. It's in now the archives of the Ethernet. Um, yeah, I don't know um, in terms of like the size of the, because it seemed like, I'm not going to say a little misleading, but I'm like, my goodness, like it seems like the footprint keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it almost doesn't, I guess, how tall do you think this thing is? Because in my head, I'm thinking it's like six, five, but maybe they're like eight feet. Yeah, at first I was thinking they might, it, like comparing it to Arnie, I thought they were like six and six, five, six, six, something like that. But now the way that they were making it appear, this is like eight, nine feet tall. And if you were to see a creature that's like nine feet tall, that I mean, that's startling. If you were, oh yeah, to unless like, it's a bear, and then you're like, oh, you expect it. Yeah. So we don't know if it hangs meat, but I'm guessing it does. I wonder if if at any point we're gonna see like a little baby predator because. Surely oh. they come, they're born, and then they grow, right? Have we ever seen that before? Is that in one of those really bad AVP movies? I don't know. I, I mean, I can't remember that. I know that we've got Predator dogs before, with yeah. like in the Predator. In Predators. We got that. Oh, yeah, that was the Predator, right. Was that in Predators mm-hmm. too, though? Not two, but in Predators? I can't remember. In Predators, yeah. I don't know, actually. I need to rewatch I don't. I, I remember it in The Predator, but... And may, maybe I think you might be right if it's in Predators because that, se- that seems right. I kind of wish we had gotten in theaters. Probably could have done decent money. I don't know how much the budget on this was, but it didn't feel cheap. It was shot really well, like you said. Looks like the budget was... Uh, it's unknown according to the old Wikipedia. So here's the other thing I was going to say, too, about that. I, If I could reverse it, I'd rather have watched Prey in the theater and watched Bullet Train at home. Mm. You know what? My wife, after we left Bullet Train, she goes, I don't know if I needed to see that in theaters. And I was like, I, I had fun watching that on the big screen. It was fun, but if I could choose, like if I had to... If you could go back in time. Yeah. If you could turn back time, I'm sorry, if as I the could, song says. <laughs> if I could turn back time and choose, you have to pick one or the other. And you, you get to see either Prey or Bullet Train in the theater. Which one would it be? I would say... And, and the other ones at home? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, you, this would have been... Uh, this sounds always good. I had headphones on, too, because it was late and she was my wife was sleeping. So I always, I always pop the old headphones on and and really blast my eardrums. Um, and I, I love the sound that the Predator makes and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I like this. I like this movie. I I hate to say that I didn't, but I mean, I somebody at work told me that this is like in their top five of the year so far. I'm like, no. Oh wow! I can't allow that. I cannot allow that. I mean, I don't. I did. I, I think this was a solid movie, but to say it's in like the top, that's 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 a that's, bold statement. Yeah. But we, if you're just going off like summer popcorn films that have come out, we this summer's been trash basically. Oh. 
So it's not like there's a lot of competition. Yeah. So the let's do the winner of the weekend of just these two bullet train and prey. Is it? Are you locking in prey? You think that's the better of the two? I w- honestly, yeah, I think so. No, I had fun with bullet train, but for prey overall, I think there are just more that I can I walked away with enjoying a little bit more. Yeah, and and it's a brisk ninety five minutes. Yeah. A brisk 95 minutes. And I do like the tease for a, a potential next one just being on, like, the cave paintings. And it wasn't, like, a, a bonus scene or, you know, like an end credit scene. I thought that was kind of a clever clever way to do it. It, it gets you watching and stuff. And it was just yeah. really creatively done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I could go either way. I'm not I'm not 100% on either of them. I had fun with both of them. I, I maybe lean towards Prey. I don't know. You kind of, I feel like you got me more hyped on Prey. I, it's funny because, like, not to say that Prey's not good or deserving of the high score. I just, I'm surprised that it's as high as what it is. Although, like, going and looking at, as we said, the Easter eggs, the way it's shot, um, the acting in this, I, like, it was, it just sold me. Um, there are a lot of, there's symbolism in Prey more than, uh, bullet train i think you can end up watching prey and find a lot of different nuggets that you can appreciate more the second time around the sound design like you said was stellar um and also just the fact of we get to see and maybe learn a little little bit more about the predators themselves and um i i really enjoyed that but yeah i just think that especially with prey watching this the second time around like if they brought this for a limited time only two theaters I would go. Honestly, I would. Now, don't get me wrong. I would definitely use my regal pass to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We all, I mean, you don't even have to say that. That's just the way it goes. That's the only way to see movies now. That's the only way to see it. And we, I, I, again, this weekend, I thought to myself, how in the world does my money go factor into the box office when I'm paying <laughs> a lump sum? I don't understand it. Yeah. Someone explain that to me. Well, and at and- least now we have somebody running. WB, who is like, how are we making money off of making movies exclusively for <laughs> streaming? Which is something you and I have been asking for a, a freaking year and a half. A long time. It makes yeah. no sense. Well, and with that too, it's funny because, like, yeah, I mean, with streaming, you go and you just watch and say, like, all right, well, no joke, I pay 99 cents a month for Hulu because I got one of the deals on it, you know? It's like, how can one person. And like, <laughs> it's me and my family on this sharing planet. it. Yeah, I know. It makes Sh- no sense. <laughs> Ninety nine cents. I watched Prey, and it's like if that's the one movie or show I watch, I pay ninety nine cents for it versus the lump sum that I pay for the subscription fee. But now, granted, like pay- looking at a ticket for the theater, like anytime, every once in a while, like say uh, my girlfriend, my dad, or family member will go to the theater and I'll pay for the ticket. I'm like, geez, these ticket prices are getting a lot higher. But having the subscription plan, it's like you don't think about that as yeah, much. I don't think about it at all. And like you, I save up my re- rewards from buying tickets because you get points or buying food for every dollar you spend. Mm-hmm. So 70% of the time, I'm not even buying my wife a ticket. I'm just <laughs> using my points. So we're go like we went to Bullet Train for free. It was like four dollars for the service charge. It's freaking fantastic. And then I had free popcorn. It was like a dollar nine because I up up uh, like upcharged it or you know got it a large instead of the medium. 
I don't understand how they make any money, but we probably shouldn't say anything because maybe they're going to hear this and be like, we, we've we made a complete mistake. <laughs> yeah, and maybe. We need to be charging. Honestly, if they did the Regal Pass and it was you could only see two movies a week, that'd be perfect. Yeah. And, I mean, I just, I, I don't know how, I, I could literally go every single day and it's the same amount of money. So I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand how it works. It's, it's fantastic nonetheless, because it's I just, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, it honestly might be the, the single greatest creation that's, that's ever happened next to the Predadogs. So it's, uh, it's absurd. So have you been watching anything else just um, to wrap this up? I, this weekend, I, there were so many things that I was tempted to watch, like 13 Limes almost started. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I just have no desire. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm ever going to watch that. So I watched a documentary and the documentary is phenomenal. Yeah. Everyone says this is like second tier to that, even though the movie might be good. Like you're never going to beat that. So yeah. And like that's, it feels too late too. It feels like this is a, either should have been done in like 15 years Yes. Or should have been done a year and a half ago. Absolutely. I, that's how I feel. I'm like, yeah, like maybe down the road I might appreciate it. But like that documentary, I was so enamored by that because I was like, how did they, one, get this footage? Two, like it's just so well executed in terms of like showing the graphics. And uh, when they couldn't shoot video, how were they able to tell the story and move it forward? And just like the behind the scenes, it just something else. And if you have not seen have you seen, you haven't seen that documentary, right? I haven't either. And you know, one issue I just thought about is everything in life is pretty much documented so thoroughly, whether it's Mm -hmm. on the news or it's so quick to be a documentary that when you eventually, you can't, I I get, I say you could do this in 15 years and we look back and go, oh yeah, remember that. But by that point, we know the story so in and out, maybe you lose the impact. It's not like in the 90s, well, I guess Apollo 13 was a big thing, obviously. Uh, But when that movie came out, did people know as much about it as like maybe this Thai rescue, mm. which was just like in the news so much that everyone basically knows the story so much? Yeah. That maybe just like the abundance of content actually hurts like movies being made about history or something. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I think that's going to be like a an interesting like hindsight, you know, looking back in terms of its impact on just not just movies but also tv shows but then again there are some shows that that do that well however there are more docu-series um like a good example it's quick and easy to do that too and Mm -hmm. fast like get those out fast um i will say one docu-series though that uh, well uh, limited series not docu-series limited series was chernobyl that was awesome um yeah that's why I wonder if you need to do it further in time. And one, obviously, yeah. when a movie's released in, in 40 years, the people are not going to go, oh, that came out two years after the documentary. It didn't have this impact. You're just going to watch it for well, what it is. It's just like Tiger King. And there are so many of these scripted shows and even movies that were Ugh. pitched. And it's like... Such a waste. Wh- well, yeah, exactly. It's like, why? At this point, those shows, they're, no one's going to care. Yeah. And it's just like when they redid or did more episodes of Tiger King, it wasn't the fun phenomenon like the first one was because that ship had sailed and they're still like trying to milk it. Yeah. That's lame. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to watch that. You never did say what you, I think we sidetracked anything else. Um, Cause so, I've been watching a lot of like TV stuff. Yeah. And that's, so I was tempted to also, I, I almost started that and I almost started Sandman or the Sandman mm-hmm. um, on yeah. uh, Netflix, but I haven't, 
I mm. can't quite figure out if I want to. There's just so much. Yeah, I don't really care about that. And that, yeah, that that's where I'm like on the fence about that. So if we end up having some listeners reach out to us on Twitter and l- let us know, should I start it? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for R.L. Winslow. But, <laughs> but so I do RL, everything for him at this if, point. Yeah, I, true. I, I don't even want to get out of bed in the mornings, but I have to. <laughs> I just, you know, tell myself do it for R.L. So if if R.L. if you're listening to and I'm not and I'm I'm not joking either. If if you email us and let us know or hit us up on Twitter, let let us know if we should watch Salmon. I will watch it for you and I will report back and I will. But only it him or just anyone. I would say anyone, but if some RL, dumbass who has a terrible opinion on pop culture is going to be like, oh, <laughs> this is this got to watch it. But but if RL comes back, then I will seriously drop what I'm doing and I will watch that. I will binge it for him. For he will RL. quit. He will literally go to his boss, quit his job, <laughs> slash the guy's tires, and leave and go watch Sandman. <laughs> and uh, then I'll just say yeah, you've just, been Sandmaned. I don't want. He just fills the guy's car with sand. I don't want to. I have no interest in that. Um, I, yeah, I just don't care. So I, um, th- those two, I almost started. But outside of that, um, I, uh, I haven't watched. I've tried to catch up on, um, on a few things uh, that, just like um, uh, various like TV shows that are not that exciting, like. That that's on TV right now. Um, I found myself like starting the first few minutes of Resident Evil. Um, mm-hmm. I I stopped it. Um, I don't I don't know if I would because I don't think that's going to come back. That seems to be yeah not taking off and and it. I think it was getting ripped. It doesn't look good. I did watch a trailer for that. And I was like, this doesn't look good. It looks like a cheap Netflix movie. I can and that's sure. it. I keep hearing people talk like say that it's it's bad but i'm also intrigued by it um and uh, like there there are a few like older movies like for example that awkward moment the movie mm-hmm. with um efron michael b. jordan michael b jordan and uh miles teller uh, my girlfriend and i were trying to find something to watch and then we uh pulled that up and watched that so just like a lot of random stuff nothing that's like new um but i think it's just because like and the weird thing is, like, ever since seeing Nope, I went for, like, a full week diving down the rabbit hole of just, like, reading about Jordan Peele, what he thought, just going, going, you know, head over heels over into these theories of it. And honestly, the more I think about Nope, it might be my favorite movie of the year. Mm. I don't, I, right now, I may be too early to say, but it... And also, once again, might ruffle some feathers with this. I'm getting don't, closer don't and closer. Say, don't say what you're gonna. Th- what I think you're gonna say. What's that? That it's his best movie. No, not his best movie. Okay. It's not. It's, it's not his best movie. But the the more I think about it, the closer I get to calling it a masterpiece. Don't <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, I need to see that again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been f- just re- watching a lot of random movies. Like I watched the Fright Night remake last night because I was in the mood for an Anton Yelchin film. I still think that holds up fairly well. The CG is pretty dodgy, though. But Colin Farrell is a lot of fun in it. Um, I told you Peacock has a show called The Resort that I binged the first four episodes. That's really, really good so far. I've been 
cranking out season three of Daredevil. Now that I know that they're kind of keeping those Netflix shows as the MCU or at least in the universe and they might be doing a soft reboot or just changing changing it a little bit. Um, I never watched season three. I don't think I ever finished it or whatever. So I, I'm wrapping that up. I'm re-watching The Punisher because I, I never watched season two. So I'm wrapping up season one because Johnny B is the best. And um, season five of The Simpsons, that's what I'm on now. It's it's really, oh, it's great. Uh, I just did the Treehouse of Horrors episode from that season. And I'm so in the mood for Halloween. I told you we went to Sam's Club and they already got Halloween candy out. We were at... <laughs> Uh, Kroger the other day and they got like the Halloween, like the pumpkin Reese's and it just fills me with joy. I'm feeling life coming back into my soul. That's just slowly been dying over the summer. And I can't wait to just watch just a a crazy amount of blood and guts. We're getting so close. We're getting really close. And And we're getting, I I love it. I cannot wait. Also means that we're getting closer to Halloween ends. I know. I hope it doesn't disappoint. I, I, I'm interested because I feel like Jane, didn't Jamie Lee already say it's going to like ruffle some fr- feathers? Like some people won't like it. And I'm like, what? What? Like, what? What's what's going to happen? Something like that. And there's mm-hmm. rumor, like I'm telling you, I read something that could be a massive spoilers, a spoiler, I should say. And uh, if, if it's something that they really do, I can see a lot of people absolutely hating this movie. And I cannot wait. I can't wait to see if it happens. We know what's weird is with this movie um, for Halloween Ends, we've got in addition to Dave and Gordon Green, Danny McBride uh, writing this, we've got Chris Bernier. And this is his second movie writing credit. And technically he came up with the TV miniseries for Hulu. So this is his first film writing credit. Uh, co-writing with those two and then we've also got paul brad logan um who he ended up writing for uh i think it's like some show no it's a movie with al pacino manglehorn what makes me wonder if those two wrote a script mcbride and gordon green wrote a script and they you know you you hodgepodge what worked and what didn't and I bet we see that when we're when you see how it's actually credited, because they might have had those two like do a draft of it and then they yeah updated it. So because that's a lot of people for to be working together. I, know, I would that's... imagine. And we we know McBride and Gordon Green have been working on this from the beginning. So we'll see. Man, it makes me so nervous. I can't. I can't wait, dude. I can't. I wish I could tell you what the, what I read and what what oh, this I could be. Oh, I can't. It's gonna shatter. It's gonna. And I'm. I don't know. Do you, have you watched the you did I ask you we you watched the trailer right yes. we weren't really blown away um, but yeah. we cannot you cannot watch another trailer I'm gonna tell you that right now I feel like because there's already theories floating around just based on this teaser I'm like okay if you show any more footage people are gonna start piecing this together mm. and and then we we know that they can't be trusted because the Halloween Kills trailer was just overload like showing every oh, death imaginable it's way too much way too much it's absurd. That. I almost went to Blumhouse and oh. and uh, I was going to say set his offices on fire, but <laughs> that's a complete joke. <laughs> so uh, I was going to, maybe I'll say I was going to shake my fist at him and say, don't do it again. Maybe I should probably take that out. 
<laughs> Maybe I won't. I'm joking. It's uh, that that way Blumhouse, he uh, knows that at, at this rate, he's like, because uh, we've got, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Blumhouse, I, and I can't believe I haven't talked to you about this. What do you think about the new intro that features little Mike Myers? Oh, it's great. I love it. We get all sorts of like goodies. We get like, don't we get like the strangers and stuff? Like, or no, we get uh, the purge. Yeah. Stuff like that. I love that intro. I've only seen it one time though, and I can't remember what it was in front of. Uh, what was that in front of? Was it the black phone? Yeah, I think it was actually. Uh, uh, that's the only. Yeah, that's one. a cool. That's a cool intro. Yeah, I I know whenever it popped, I'm like, oh, this is new. It, that actually got me really excited. But um, it's kind of like how everyone thought that the opening to Nope uh, was the the monkey paw intro was redone because you hear. Because you hear the chimp. Yeah, at the beginning of Nope, and I found that to be funny. But I'm like, ah, oh, maybe after this. He'll change the intro to Monkey Paw. I mean, it'd be fitting. <laughs> That's one of my favorite, like, little title credits, too. The, the, yeah. They're, like, on the train or whatever, and you see the paw stirring it. Yeah, it's so awesome. All right, let's wrap this up, because... Uh... Yeah, well, uh, I I may have to go home tonight and, and rewatch Prey, but in the Comanche uh, subtitles. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, do it. That's definitely on my watch list. So, all right, film fans, thanks for joining us on yet another podcast of Quality Check Podcast. Until next time, <laughs> keep watching. That's a lot of podcasts right there you just said. I know. I realized that as I was like, I got to end it with Quality Check Podcast. Yeah.